Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Good to be in the house of God. Anybody believe that this morning? Amen. Are y'all still full from Thanksgiving? I'm, I'm, get, I'm, giving, I'm getting some lethargic vibes this morning. I'm, I'm giving some like, man, I, I, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still too full to lift up my hands kind of vibes. Are we good this morning? I need y'all to be good because there's a fire word coming directly from God this morning. And I need you to receive it. Amen. Amen. Sometimes, sometimes we come to God and, and we know that God is here. We know the presence of God is here. But sometimes we, we close ourselves off. And, and so, so Jesus says, hey, I stand at the door and I knock. That, that indicates that you have to open the door for him to come in. And so I want to ask you this morning to open the door to your heart and your mind and let God speak into your life because I believe that there is a word for somebody this morning. And with that, I'm going to introduce my good friend, giant brother Tim McCain. I hate when he stands next to me because he makes me look so short. But I, I believe that God uh, has, has a, a word for him to share with us. And uh, like he told me earlier this week, he said, Pastor, I have an assignment. I can't, ex- I can't wait to be uh, with you guys. So with that, let's help me welcome Brother Tim McCain. My brother. Thank you. Whew. Come on. If you love the Lord, can you give him some praise in this house? Well, come on. It is always a pleasure to be here at the one and only Numa Church. I'm going to tell you, y'all have it going on. I know I say this every single time I am here, but y'all are not normal. Okay. And I, and I don't mean that throwing shade. That, that's what the cool folks say. Young throwing shade. That's, is that, is that okay? Anyways. And so I'm not, I'm not talking junk. That's what we say when I grew up, but like, like real talk, y'all are not normal. I do believe that there's a sovereign blueprint, uh, that God is allowing y'all to model out and live for so many people to say, okay, how to reach my community? What is Numa Church doing? How to win the loss? What is Numa Church doing? How to create a bridge that anybody can walk through, no matter what lifestyle, where they were from, or where they presently are, can find a place and call home. What is Numa Church doing? And so family, y'all are special. Y'all are so special. And so, man, shout out to your pastors. I hope y'all continually uh, to love on them and all the leadership here. Uh, man, they just, they're so special. And so, family, I, as Pastor Ryan already alluded to, I do believe I'm on assignment. I drove from Orlando, Florida. I uh, got here yesterday from uh, Houston to uh, to Houston, obviously here, and with with a mission, with an assignment, I do believe, man, God is going to uh, uh, do some incredible things. But I need you to give uh, me some permission. I mean, I'm going to do it anyway. But um, but I'm going to be honest with you. It may step on some of your toes. It may ruffle a little bit of feathers. All right, but we got to have an honest conversation. The, the, the church wants the evangelist to be an evangelist to the evangelist has to be an evangelist. Amen. And so I believe as many of you, you have been wasting too much time. You have been twiddling your fingers, uh, using signs, uh, uh, um, whoring out signs for personal gain. Keep saying, God, show me a sign, show me a sign. And he have already confirmed to you 8,005 times. 
And you're still living in that place of compromise. But I believe that tonight, today, this morning is going to be a moment where God's going to shake you uh, out of that bed of complacency, out of that place of apathy and stepping into your purpose. So the title of my message today is the permission to start and the courage to quit. The permission to start and the courage to quit. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of First Samuel chapter 17. Um, and while you're turning there, I want to give a little update about my family and about our ministry. Um, we do appreciate this church. My wife and I talk about Numa Church all the time and just how special y'all are to us, uh, not just for our ministry, what we do for God, but also who we are as people. And I'm so thankful, uh, as many of you, I mean, some of you may, may know, my wife just uh, walked through one of the most incredibly difficult seasons of sickness uh, due to mold, uh, being in, uh, uh, poisoned by mold, uh, and it shut down her body. It was all crazy, and everything that could happen in our families felt like it has happened, and uh, y'all have been a consistent and a faithful place of encouragement. I appreciate all of you who's text my wife, reached out to my wife, uh, checked on how she was doing. I'm thankful for people who say, how are you doing, and really mean it, where it's not just this cliche phrase or cute or acute uh, 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 cute words, but you really been beside her. So I want to tell you, thank you. Um, We are evangelists. And so we travel all around the world, all around the nation, preaching the gospel. And we are believing to be able to continue to do that. But we are in a day and a time in our world uh, where it is will absolutely be impossible to continue to do the work that we are doing in the full time capacity that we are doing it without monthly support. And so we're believing for monthly supporters. And some of you already decided to support us on a monthly basis. We're leaving for a thousand people to support us at $20 a month. And uh, that is family. That is a, a grande cafe macchiato and a slice of lemon pound cake, lemon pound cake from Starbucks. Okay. Uh, that, that is, that is a uh, 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 one trip to Wendy's cause them jokers are crazy. The prices are expensive. I, I don't even know why y'all go to Wendy's in the first place living in Texas when y'all got Whataburger, but that's a conversation for another day. Come on somebody. That spicy ketchup will make you saved all over again. And, um, and so we, uh, here's the thing. We need your help. If we legit and this is the the most simplistic way I can say it. If we are going to continue to do the work, we need your help and your support to do it. We are willing to be to, to go, but we need the fuel, the finances to reach there. Because I don't know about I don't know y'all know our prayers, our cars don't take prayer requests. You know what I mean? Duke Energy uh, they don't take shoulda coulda wouldas on shoulda bought a Hondas. They they take money to do that, and so the same bills you have, we have, and so we appreciate your support uh, while you do it. And lastly, I have two books in the table, and um, one is called Use Your Jab. This is my latest book. It's called Fighting Back. The subtitle is simple: is Fighting Back Depression. And can I just testify real fast? Can I testify real fast? And the last time I was here, um, it was one of the first stops since I released this book. And I remember where God did these altars. Family, God has been using this book, oh my gosh, in such incredible ways. I have received so many phone calls from people who already wrote out their suicide letters. They already called their families and gave their final goodbyes. They already made up how they're going to take their life and what they're going to do. And so family, God has been using it mightily. And, um, and so if you are someone dealing with depression, dealing with anxiety, maybe not from the extremes of suicidal thoughts, but you know what it's like to feel like you're being imprisoned and arrested by the issues of depression and anxiety, this is 
is not a book where I'm telling you just to get over it. It's not a book where I'm wagging the finger saying you have a lack of faith. This is not a book where I'm saying where I, I'm, I'm telling you just to smile more. None of the crazy ways that we try to, uh, 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 to have this conversation in the Christian community regarding these topics. This is the book that's going to help you uh, speak up and get help and also resource the individual that wants to aid the person uh, 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 who's dealing with it. And lastly, I have a book called you, it's called This Is Your Chance. And the subtitle is simple as once again, it's not opportunity that will pass you by. It's more like you'll pass by your opportunity. And, uh, and so this will actually be a great book to pick up, especially from the sermon I'm about to preach. But there's many of you, many of you, many of you where you've been waiting and praying for the breakthrough. But the very canvas that God wants to write the breakthrough of your life is on the other ends of your hands and the other end of your yes. And you have been waiting, waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. But it's been insecurity. It's been fear. It's been all these other things that has been in your way. But I believe once you find your breakthrough, everything is going to change. So if you've been someone dealing with anxiety or or, I'm sorry, uh, uh, insecurity and fear, this book will be great for you. So first Samuel chapter 17, you there? Let's pray. Jesus. Mm -mm 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 -mm. God, we come before you this morning. Those who are here in this service and those who may be watching online. God, we know that you're sovereign. God, we know that there is nothing impossible for you and God. And you, you know, we know that regardless of what we have been through, oh God, what we're currently may be doing or where we currently may be. God, we know that you can use anybody and God on the other end of a place where we just say, God, I'm right here and I surrender. God, you will take all of our broken pieces and you will do something amazing with it. So God, today, oh God, we enter into your word. Oh God, with humble hearts and open spirits, oh God, confront our religious mindsets, God confront our preconceived ideas God confront our false notions God God confront uh, uh, the the the, uh, the 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 mindset of saying well he's it's, it's, this is not about me but God may we take your word and lay it be like a mirror and may we seek see our reflection and say God do I look like you am I acting like you am I talking like you am I living like you and God anything that is falling short of the image that is inscribed to us in scripture and the image that is staring us in the face. God, may we be so courageous to make the necessary changes. So Holy Spirit, we come before you, oh God, with hungry hearts and desperate hearts, oh God, and contrite hearts, oh God, saying, have your way in us in Jesus' name. God, we bind every demon, every principality, every power, every religious spirit, every demonic stronghold that's been keeping this generation at bay, oh God, and arrested in the places of compromise. God, tonight, oh God, this morning rather, we are thanking you for freedom to sweep in this place in the name of Jesus. God, in your hand, you hold the balm of Gilead. So, Father, those who are hurting, those who are in need, those who are lost, those who are bound, those who are frustrated in a time of waiting. God, I pray that liberty and freedom happens this morning. God, we come before you ready, not perfect but desperate. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. First Samuel chapter 17 is a very familiar passage of scripture. It's actually one of my favorite portions of scripture, and it's a story about David and Goliath. 
And I love preaching and teaching at a very familiar passage of scripture because some of these Bible stories, people who have never stepped foot in the church may have heard about. And I remember reading, uh, taking the scenic route, taking it slow while reading scripture. And there are some things that absolutely amazes me about this passage of scripture. Because the, the story to me is more than just this little young, young boy who confronted this massive giant named Goliath. David had to endure a lot of situations that could have thwarted his opportunity to be used in a divine way if he would have allowed it to. The, to. the title of my message is the permission to start and the courage to quit. This story is more than just about a man who made up a mind to fight an impossible situation. It's about a man who, who find little battles along the way. I get it, family, that there's many times in our life where we feel like we have reasons, not just excuses. Reasons where we feel like, God, I can't. God, I'm not able. God, it's impossible. We feel like we have adequate reasons, and I am not about to stand here and say that you don't. I'm not about to stand here and say and wag your wag my finger at you and say that your pain is not legitimate, your tears aren't real, that your situation is not hard, the dynamics of your life are not difficult. I get it. The struggle is real. But what do you do when God puts an assignment before you that that you are trying your best just to make it through the valleys of life? How do you stand on the other side knowing that you achieved your purpose? David and Goliath, the very familiar passage of scripture, the Bible introduces him in verse four as a champion. I got to speed up. Got a lot to say in a little bit of time, but so bear with me. A champion named Goliath. And I said this before, I believe. Now notice that the Bible does not introduce Goliath as a giant. This is very important to understand. The Bible does not introduce Goliath as a giant. If you actually, if you read it, not a single time do you see, if I recall correctly, not a single time in the scripture do you see them referring to him as a giant. You, but here's, a, am I saying that he's not a giant? Of course I'm not saying that. Brother, we're huge. I'm six foot six, 345 pounds. Goliath was way bigger than me. Way bigger than me. He, he, could, he could kiss the regulation basketball goal. He was, he was massive. Why am I saying this? Because it's very important that the Israelites were intimidated and scared, not just because Goliath's stature, but his reputation. The Bible introduces him on, on, uh, 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 by his reputation, a champion from, named Goliath, who was from Gath. Someone who always win. Someone who fought a battle and, 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 and succeeded. And so many times this, what I believe was the thing that was, that was, that was at the forepoint of the Israelites' mind that impeded them from activity to get involved in this battle. Because why would you start a fight that you know you have no way to win in the first place? There's so many examples in scripture where God was calling people to step into an impossible situation with impossible resources. I wish I had the time to break this down like I want to break it down. The story about the woman who creditors were coming after her children. 
They, they, you see, Elijah said, what is in your house? And, and she said, he said, I don't have anything in my house except this little bit of oil. And Elijah leads her and tells her uh, uh, to go gather jars. Why in the world would this woman uh, 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 make up in her mind to follow the instructions of this man of God when the, when the instructions had nothing to do with the problem? Elijah, I just told you them, them folks are coming after my children and they're going to take them as slaves. And you're telling me to knock on my neighbor's door to ask for some jars and some oil. Are you crazy? What have you ever been in a moment where God is calling you to do something great and the resources you have, what you feel like you have in your hands are inadequate. It just doesn't make sense. So the easiest thing is to say, well, What's the point of trying if I know I'm going to fail? What's the point of starting if I know I'm not going to win? The story where, the, where, where they fed the thousands with five loaves of bread and two fish, the, the miracle happened because of a young boy gave up his food. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands. He gave up five loaves of bread and two fish. Why? Why, man of God? Why, why in the world would this young boy give up a meal that obviously would not be able to meet the need at hand? Why would he give God a start when he hadn't, when he could not see it to an end? Many of us, this is where we, we, we make up our mind to quit before we even try because there's a promised land in Canaan that God is trying to simply get us the vision to see. And we see ourselves as grasshoppers. We see ourselves as impossible. And so we make up in our mind that a lazy boy becomes our sanctuary, a place of compromise. And we look at how we, we could be doing, what, what may be happening. And we feel like we have all the right to sit and to slumber because we're scared to start. The story, I'm not yelling at you, I'm just talking loud, okay? <laughs> One, does anybody in this place today or you know what it is like to be scared to start? You see, David's battle was more than just Goliath. David's battle was more than just fighting this champion named Goliath. He, he had to fight some things along the way. You know what? Some of the voices he had to fight was not just against people that he will call enemies, but it was his frenemies. Oh, if I can talk to you sometime. Let me just preach. And so it says this, it says a champion named Goliath who was from Gath. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you to read the whole chapter for the sake of time. I'm going to speed on, speed on down. But a champion, from, uh, a champion named Goliath who was from Gath, uh, and, he, and it describes his height, it describes his strength, it describes, the scripture describes his armor. In verse 8, the Bible says, the Bible says, Goliath stood up and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and flying up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? So what happened uh, for the state of context, state of, uh, sake of context? Elijah and all the Israelites one high hill. The Israelites and the, I'm sorry, the Goliath and all the Philistines were another high hill. And the battle was supposed to happen in the valley. And twice a day, Goliath would come out of the ranks of Israel as all the Israelites were lined up for battle. They had their sword, they had their spear, they had their javelin, they had everything on them to fight. And Goliath would simply just talk junk. That's all he would do. And by him talking junk, the Israelites ran in fear. 
So, so we get to verse 8. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Uh, choose a man and have, and have him come down to me. If I'm able to fight and kill him, we'll become your subjects. But if I overcome and kill him, you'll become our sub- subject and serve us. Um, um, <clears throat> then the Philistine said this, this day I defy the armies of the living God. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. This is very important because I believe that David, he combated all different kind of voices along the way. The very first voice, the very first thing he had to fight is the voice of intimidation. The voice of intimidation. This was, these were things the Israelites had to combat. David had, who would have to, to fight through even before he picked up the sling and slung it at this, at, at this champion. He had to fight the voice of intimidation. I wonder, maybe some of you are familiar with that voice. The voice that will try to intimidate you to, to quit even before you fought. The voice that will try to get you to quit, listen to this, based upon what you heard not upon what you experienced. They didn't have factual information that they will, that they will fail. They were, they were scared based upon what they saw and what they heard. His stature and his reputation is the voice of intimidation. But I believe that there's somebody in this place today. I believe, again, I felt like I tell Pastor Ron, I believe I'm on assignment. There's some people in this place today where you're tired, where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. We are one month away from the end of this year. And you are saying, I refuse to go another year telling myself that I'm going to do it one day. When today is that day, I refuse to be intimidated by the voice of intimidation. I refuse to let other people prophesy into my purpose, but I'm stepping and arising into the destiny God has for me. Listen, I'm not someone wagging fingers because I get it. The Israelites, the Bible says the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. What does dismayed mean? Dismayed means the tearing down of courage. That means that they did not start this battle without the intention of winning. That means that this onslaught, discouraged, means the tearing down of courage. That means that they, that, that, that it wasn't that, that courage was never present. It was the consistent consistent attack of against their courage that broke them down to the place they had none left. Whoever heard good news and you heard it in faith, but life happened. And now you don't approach it with the door knowing that you can. You simply just accept the fact that it is what it is. I don't know who I'm talking to today. I don't know who is in this place today. And I don't know what your dream is, but I know you cannot afford to waste another day. You can't afford to, to stop telling, to, to, to continue to tell God, I can't. You can't afford to sit down on that ministry another moment longer. You can't afford to start to not to start that business that God is trying to tell you to. You can't afford to, to give up on that dream. Out of a voice of intimidation. You got to give yourself the permission to start. You're with me so far? So we go on and we see, <clears throat> we see through scripture that, 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 that they were dismayed. And we get down, for the sake of time, you can go to like uh, verse 
verse 17, what happened? David was out marching, his, watching his father's sheep, and, um, and his dad said, okay, <clears throat> I need you to go get a report of the battle, the fight that's happening. Verse 18, he says, take these 10 cheeses and give it to your brother. So he had some bread. He had a Lunchable. He had a charcuterie board or whatever it's called, right? That's a bougie Lunchable. I don't care what y'all say. That is a bougie Lunchable, okay? And, um, and so that, that board thing. And so he gave him some food to check out about, about this battle, right? And, um, <clears throat> and, uh, and he gets there and he leaves, he leaves the, uh, the food with someone there. And while he gets there, Get my, get my place. Uh, while, we, while he gets there, he, verse 22 says, David left his things with the keeper of supplies. You are a legend. I was sweating like I stole something. Thank you, bro. Woo. Come on. Verse 22, David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran into the battle lines and asked his brothers, uh, how can, uh, uh, brothers, uh, how, how they were. Verse 23 says, and they were talking with him, Goliath, the champ, the Philistine, Champion from Gath, not giant. I'm not saying he wasn't a giant, but it's very important to understand the magnitude of the moment. They were not just scared of his stature. Goliath was tall but clumsy, like bump that arrow, I got this. But no, he was strong and he won. Stepped on his lines and shouted his usual defiance and David heard it. Verse 24 says, whenever they saw, whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled in great fear. So the issue was not just the voice of intimidation. The issue was our own inward voice of fear. It was was no longer just words that he said to them. It became words that they said to themselves. When they saw this man. They ran in fear, not when they fought him, not when they shot an arrow, not when they slung a javelin, not when they threw a javelin, not when they swung a sword, not, not, not any of that. No, any, not an altercation, but a conversation, not even when they saw the man, they ran in him in great fear. What are you talking yourself out of? What kind of things are you amening that the enemy is trying to whisper into your ear to tell you to keep quiet, to tell you to sit down, to tell you that you're not able to give you all the different reasons why you shouldn't try it all the David had to fight all these different things in his life before he ever walked to the moment where he fought Goliath face to face he had to confront the voice of intimidation the armies had to fight and confront the voice of fear you want to know it gets real right here because verse 28 David, verse, uh, David, actually, he, David, verse 26, rather, David asked the, the men standing there, said, what will be done to the man who kills <clears throat> this Philistine, removes the disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Someone who has not covenant with God, uh, what it means, uh, who would defy the armies of the living God. So verse 27, they told David what would happen. Verse 28, it gets real, it gets real. Verse 28, when Eliab, David's oldest brother, told, heard him speaking with the men, he burned in great anger at him and asked, why have you, check this out, why have you come? Come down here. Some of you know what drama is like. Why have you come down here? Family drama at that. Why have you come down here? And whom did you leave? Those few little sheep, those few sheep in the wilderness. He says, I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You have come only, you have only come down to watch the battle. 
Some of y'all just had Thanksgiving, so you know. <laughs> so here, David, now he's, he already he, he confronted the voice of intimidation, the voice of fear. All these are different uh, 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 milestones that he could have, uh, 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 different, um, not miles, different moments where he could have said, well, you know what, it's, 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 it's not for me. But now he confronts not just an enemy, but a frenemy called my family. A voice of disapproval, a voice of accusation, a voice that will try to discredit his, the very integrity of why he's there in the first place, not having no idea with the assignment he had from his own dad. He was just projecting his own fear upon his own family. It's something I realized this. I realized people who give up on their own dreams want you to give up on yours. <laughs> Uh, oh gosh, I wish I had some more time. And so it's the voice of disapproval. But note that verse, 20, verse 29, I got, I got to hurry up. Verse 29 says, uh, and David says, now what have I done? David said, can I even speak? But verse 30 is what we need to learn how to do. He turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. He didn't yet say, oh, you know what, you're right. You, I, 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 I can't, no, 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 no. He did not let that thwart him. He, 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 he turned his back on his own brother, brought up the same matter because he knew he had an assignment. Maybe some of you here, you know what it's like to be imprisoned by these voices. The voices of intimidation, the voice of fear, the voice of disapproval. So David brings up the same matter and Saul overhears him and he gets to Saul. That's the worst team. You can help me, please. He gets to Saul. And he says this. David, uh, verse, uh, David, David was overheard and reported to Saul in verse 31. Saul sent for him. Verse 32. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go out and fight him. Verse 33. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. He has been a warrior from his youth. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Do you see all the moments David confronted even the journey before he ever fought this champion? All the moments where people didn't believe in him, this is the voice of disbelief. Oh, man, if Saul doesn't believe in me, if, man, he's older than me. He, he's, been, he's been in many battles, plenty of wars. Maybe, well, maybe he's right. Oh. Some of us, we know what it's like. And it's, honestly, it's easier when someone of authority or older doesn't believe in what we're doing because we feel like we have the right to sit in our place of compromise. But I believe the Lord has brought me here to sound an alarm. To stop wasting your time. To stop wasting your opportunity. To, to, to stop looking for permission and start being faithful. David had to confront the voice of intimidation. He had to front, confront the, voice, the voices of fear. He had to confront the voices of disapproval. And now he had to confront the voice of disbelief. But how did David confront the voice of disbelief? What did he do? 
How did he encourage Saul that, hey, I am the one who are qualified for this moment? What did he do? The Bible's, he, the Bible in verse 34 says, your servant has been keeping your father's sheep. When a lion and bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it, rescued it from the sheep's mouth, returned to me. I seized it by the hair, I struck it and killed it. He says, verse 36, your servant is killed with the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse, verse 34, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. How did David confront the voice of disbelief? With the testimony. Because it doesn't matter all the other voices, all the other things, the voice of intimidation, the voice of fear, disbelief and disapproval. All of those voices had to, had to take a big step back when he took a moment to reminisce of the goodness of God and the faithfulness of his father. What would happen? What would happen? What would happen in your life when you no longer just read the word to write a sermon, but you read the word for the encouragement in your life? That hold up, what does God, God mean that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me? What does he mean that a lion's make a weak and hard, but he to fear the Lord lacks no good thing? What would happen when you start to believe the words Jesus is saying about you? Oh, family, when it's you're not given the keys to your future to a frenemy or an enemy, but you know that your life is in the Father's hand. And the fact that he's telling you to start, the fact that he's wanting what you have right now is enough. I know I'm not, I know I'm not preaching deep. I get that, okay? afford it do you know this is not just about you do you know that your yes to God in your business in your ministry in that entrepreneur uh, 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 entrepreneurship and that idea to, to, to that to, you want to get that certification be like but who's going to hire me you want to you do all these things it's not just about you there's other people connected to the obedience of your yes one day family your children and their children children are going to think back in moments like this thank you that my grandmama said yes thank you that my dad throw out the bottle because now I don't struggle what the way they had to struggle with. Thank you that they had the courage to start. So I don't know what champion in your life has been keeping your dream at bay this long. It's time to realize that greater is me than he that is in the world. It's time to realize that it's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. It's time to realize that his hand is on you. And he's anointed you and pointed you for this moment. You are called for such a time as this. So no longer, no longer are you waiting for people's permission to start when God already sounds your trumpet. No longer are you waiting to run your race when God is already holding you by his righteous right hand to lead you and your path family that now is a time to start it's a time to start 
It's a time to start. I know the battle is going to be hard. I'm not faking or fronting like it's easy because family, it is not. There's things you're going to have to traverse, traverse through and to fight through that, that, that you're going to trailblaze away for the people after you to say, okay, how did you do it? I got through it. It cost me everything. But let me tell you how to get through it too. There's a generation of people waiting for you. you you're going to be the first in your family, the first in your bloodline, the first people to start to be a pioneer near to bring a blueprint and a map to help them through. So I want to encourage you, Numa Church, to give yourself the permission to start. But also, in the same breath, you need to give yourself the courage to quit. Courage. Can you give me five more minutes, okay? The courage to quit. The courage to quit following. Quit following. You're a leader, not a follower. There's things that in order you so desperately wanted to fit into a crowd and fit into a group and fit into a workplace and fit into a place that you have that you may be compromising your own standards you may you may have been code switching just to find a place to belong stop following have the courage to quit following have the courage to quit being your unauthentic self have the courage to quit Have the courage to quit self-medicating behaviors. You may look at someone and you're like, man, how can they be addicted to these drugs? And I know their life is depressed. I know they're going through depression. I know they're going through all different things. And you may look at that person addicted to the drugs in the corner of the street. And in the back of my mind, we may feel like, oh, man, we're better. We're further off. But maybe your drug of choice is not a needle. Maybe your drug of choice has been a spoon. Maybe your drug of choice has been a gossiping tongue. Maybe your drug of choice has been a slandering behavior because at least if you push down someone else, if you put all your attention on someone else's pain, you never have to evaluate your own. Quit self-medicating behaviors. Give yourself the courage to quit. Give yourself the courage to quit giving God your leftovers. Believe me, he'll take whatever you have. He'll take what's in your hand. But, 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 uh, but, but he wants your now. Why would it have to take all this hell through trials for you to finally get it? Why would it have to take uh, everything? What would happen if you just say, God, I'm right here. I'm obedient to you. Use me right where I am, God. Have the courage to quit. Listen, y'all with me so far? Have the courage to quit putting everyone else above yourself. I know this may sound counterintuitive to say in church because we, we preach servanthood. That we do. We believe that. I believe that powerfully. But some of you, you're, you're, you have been trying to be the hero of everybody else at, at the at, at the the collateral damage of your own self. 
You are, listen, you are not the sacrificial lamb. Jesus is. You got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of your mental self, mental health. You got to take care of your physical health. You got to take care of your spiritual health. Yes, I know you're giving to everybody else, but you're giving yourself leftovers and fumes and wondering why it's hard to, to kick your feet off the bed and to stand up to go another day because you're giving it. So taking care of yourself. Courage to quit. The courage to quit taking your spouse for granted. The courage to quit. There's some things we got to learn to quit. It takes courage to quit. Look at look, you with your spouse. Look them in the eyes, please. Can you, can you look at them in your, your husband, your wife, your boo-boo? Or maybe your girlfriend, your boyfriend. Can you come on? You look them in the eyes. Come on, just stare. Gaze, gaze. Look in them, them deep brown chocolate eyes or the blue eyes or whatever. You... I don't know how long you've been married, but are you taking them for granted? Do you just expect them to be there when you come home? Have you let the effort that brought you together die expecting that just because your marriage is going to keep you together? Have you forgot your vows to each other? have the courage to quit take each, taking each other for granted. Let's, secondly, if you can look at me, listen, have the courage to quit overlooking your kids' pain. If your kids are telling you, mom and daddy, this hurts me, why are you asking for research paper before you believe them that their pain is real? Wondering why years has passed while they're no longer telling you anything. Because to them, you may have proved yourself untrustworthy. But they'll tell Facebook. They'll tell TikTok. They'll tell a blade. They'll tell a bottle. But when they try to tell you, you don't got depression. You don't got anxiety. There's nothing wrong with you. Girl, I I went through worse only to find I'm tired of preaching funerals hearing people say I didn't know it was that bad when all we have just ignored all the red flags along the way because of our busyness because of our pain because of our life I got more but I'm going to shut up listen there's things in your life I just felt that song in my spirit dropping up here to preach that there was things in your life, you need to give yourself permission to start and the courage to quit. You can fill in the blank in your own life. Can you stand to your feet with me, please? Those who are watching online, this is for you. Can you, can you, can you do me a favor? Can you lift up your hands before the Lord right where you are? Come on. My favorite verses, it says, search your God, know me. If there's any offensive way in me, show me. Come on, talk to him. Come on, talk to him on your own words. Come on, before, before we sing the lyric to someone else's song that's on the screen. Come on, can you talk to the Lord for yourself? Come on, talk to him for yourself. Come on, what, what, so there, there's some things that has to be broken in this house right now. There's some things that have to be broken off for you. There's some things that you have, you have been just 
uh, outsourcing it to God's hand, thinking it removed you from responsibility. When you say I'm giving it to God, that doesn't mean you have no responsibility to your breakthrough. When your car is broken and you give it to the, to the mechanic, you're, you're, you're giving it to them because you know in their hands they're qualified to meet the need. But you know you still got to pay the bill. You still got to pick it up. You still have an investment in the healing of your vehicle. And so when you say, God, I'm giving it to you, you're not saying, God, I'm forgetting it. You're saying, God, as you're working on it, God, work in me. Work in me, God. How can we get beside and behind our own deliverances, oh God? Father, I pray in this place today that you sweep in this room today, oh God. I don't know what they're dealing with. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know the situations of their life. I don't know what voices have been whispering or yelling in their lives, oh God. But I pray, I pray you step in. Come on, just 30 more seconds. Talk to him. We're going to open these altars in a few moments. Come on, talk to him. Talk to him. Come on, talk to him. Stop being fake. Stop. Uh Uh-uh. Yes, you. You, stop. Stop going to the church motions. Stop. Stop it. Be real. Be real. Be honest. Be raw. Let him in. Get rid of the pride. Get rid of the ego. Get rid of the showmanship. This is a moment to be honest. Find the courage to start. Found the courage to quit. Found the courage to give it to God. But, but yield your ear to his instructions. This is the moment for change. This is a moment. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Come on, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Ghost, we welcome you in this place today. Those who are watching online, I pray the Spirit of God is moving wherever you're watching from. Whether it's in your bedroom, in your car, wherever you're watching from now or later. I pray that the Holy Ghost just arrests you right now. God, I pray, Father, in this place today, all the mindsets that has been that has been set in stone, oh God, but has been built from concrete of compromises and fear. Get up, pray, break it down right now in Jesus' name. Every toxic word that has been used as a tar to build this thing, oh God, I pray is broken down in the name of Jesus. Every word of intimidation that has been the rebar put into their lives, oh God, I pray uprooted right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here at Numa Church do what you need to do do what you need to do listen I got just I just got 10 minutes family listen don't don't wait another year don't wait till January don't be like the person well, I'm, I'm gonna wait I'm gonna wait till Monday before I go to the gym no bump that we ought to know why we wait till Monday to start something new. That only gives us 52 chances to do something. We have 365 opportunities to do. But family, what would happen if you make up the decision now? There's some things, some people, you got to let go of some things. You got to let go of some behaviors. You got to let go of some mindsets. Some of you got to find a mentor. You got you to gotta start doing your due diligence. You got to start having faith. You got to start uh, putting feet in actions to your words. Now is a moment. Now is a time. So open up these altars on the count of three. Listen, we're going to pray. 
If you're in this place today and that's you, you know that you know, you just feel it's in your spirit that you know you know that there's things that you've been waiting. Some of you've been you've been saying forever you're gonna write a book. Write it. Don't write a book. You no one's gonna read it. Write it. I, I feel like God has called me to preach, but I have no place to preach. Write that sermon. I, I feel like God is calling me to sing, but I have no place to sing. Write that song. Sing that song. Start it without an audience and watch how God will do something with it. This is your moment. So the count of three. Come on, if that is you, find a place at these altars. We're going to pray. If there's things you got to start, there's things you got to quit, then we're going to pray. We're going to find God, see God moving. The count of three in this place today. One, two, three. Come on, find a place at these altars. Is that you? Just find a place. Come on, we're going to pray. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.